Welcome to a Sunday, August 14th, we're halfway through August, <laughs> episode of the elephants in the room, and yeah, we're halfway through August. Yeah, and I've been trying to get Max to put together some intro and maybe outro music. It's probably not going to happen in this episode, but just like keep an eye out for, or an ear out for it, I should say. You should keep an eye and an ear out for it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> if you see it somewhere, could you please let us know? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's blown the coop. Absolutely, yeah. So we're halfway through the dog days of summer. And um, the big story continues to be, shockingly enough, the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago. And the big news since we last spoke was the unsealing of the warrant that let us knew, know what they found. Um, What's the TLDR? So, so, so exactly. So, so this is what I wanted to get into was we know some things about what happened, but the larger story is is that there's a lot more that we simply don't know. So what we do know is the following. The FBI removed boxes from 10 boxes of stuff from Mar-a-Lago last Monday. We know some of this information was of the highest level of classification. Okay? Okay. Supposed to be not removed from the White House, not removed from specialized, specialized contained areas, so we know some stuff like that was in here. Um, we do know, based on the warrant, that there are three possible charges that President Trump may or may not be, uh, that, may, that the FBI and Department of Justice may or may, may not be looking at um, when it comes to this information and this whole saga. The first is um, the Espionage Act, um, which is gathering, transmitting, or losing defense information concealment of documents um, this provision deems it illegal to steal government documents and makes it a crime for anyone to have any federal record in their possession with the intention to conceal or destroy it um, and the last one is obstruction of justice um, which is the destruction alteration or falsification of records in federal investigations and bankruptcy the first two I think are going to be a little murky because what Trump's arguing, Trump's not arguing that there wasn't sensitive information in these documents. What he's simply saying is, is that, well, as soon as I left the White House, I had a standing order that said anytime I left the White House and I had documents in my possession, no matter if they were classified or not, no matter what level, they were immediately declassified. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then those first two charges are probably not going to be explored too much further. When this all started, one of the first things that we talked about is that the federal government loves, loves to catch people who... Miss dotting an I, crossing a T, they miss some sort of process somewhere, or missed a step, or didn't read the fine print, and bam, we got gotcha. you. 
And I think that that's what this entire FBI raid was for, and was to see if they could find a way to nab Trump on some sort of odd technicality. The problem in my eyes with the obstruction of justice charge are the other facts that we know about this investigation that's been going on, which is, is that in June, the FBI and Department of Justice removed several boxes of stuff from Mar-a-Lago. And they knew that there were boxes of information that were left behind. And we know that they said, hey, just put a bigger lock on the door. If they thought there was even the slightest possibility that those boxes contained such sensitive information that they needed to raid a former president's house to get it, wouldn't you err on the side of caution from a national security perspective to just take the boxes with you? To just go, you want to know, this is coming with us too. It's all going to go to the archives. You can come access it whenever you want when you come to D.C. Or, hey, we'll find a way to put these in some sort of facility in Florida that you could go anytime. Apparently, this is the arrangement that Obama has with the archives. There's some sort of facility in Chicago that has, you know, that's holding stuff for his library. It's got 33 million pages of documents in, in it. Um, you know, set up something like that, right? It just seems like the National Archives, in conjunction with the FBI in this case, were looking for a reason to antagonize Trump. And we're looking for a way to snag him on something small. Compl in, 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 it, it seems to be not just small, but just, just, just a really just, just minor, minor thing at the end of the day. This is the kind of thing that, generally speaking, like this is a conflict at work. Work it out amongst yourselves, your adults. You don't need to bring law enforcement into it. Uh, it just strikes me as one of those cases where... The FBI and use the National Archives to find something or to help them try to get something on Trump so they could make his life hell. And I think that's what we're seeing playing out here. Um, the larger thing, though, is, is that this is just another distraction from what's happening in the world, right? This is distracting us from the things that are happening in our country. Now, now I, I'm, I'm not to say that this isn't important because the conclusion that we had on Tuesday still stands, um, um, which is if this was just over a couple pieces of paper, this was the single most credibility killing maneuver by the federal government in our lifetime. Um, and, that's, and that's where we stand today. And I have a hunch that there's going to be a ton of more information that comes out this week. And Now, if they somehow manage to get him on, I think you said it was the espionage that, makes, that disqualifies you from holding office, if they somehow get him on that, convict him of it do you think something will be done to overturn that 
like will there be riots like what do you think the fallout from that would be of 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 if if they charged him like like yeah they charged him so like he couldn't be on the ballot like what would congress do anything would the public do anything like because i'm i basically hypothesizing they're so deranged that they're like we don't care we're just we're gonna like shove this through while we can get it so he's got this red mark on him so he can't run again and like what would the fallout from that be i don't really want to think about that it could be bad it would be bad. I mean, think about think about just just the total hypothetical situation. What they would be arguing is that President Trump knowingly removed documents, classified information from the White House with the intent on disseminating it. Right? So they would need to prove that he was in contact with people and he was offering up this information in exchange for something. Like he was, he was, he, that this was now, that this information was now on the open market. Now you could, now you could argue that if everything he in there is declassified, then all of this material should be put online right now. That would be my first question. My first question is if that's the case, then why haven't you released all of your papers to the public if it's all declassified? I think that's the tr- that's the question he's going to have a tough time answering, because obviously, and I think I think ninety nine percent of people go out saying there's no such thing as a standing order where if the president just removes something from the White House, all of a sudden it becomes declassified. That's that's not that's not how classified information well, is or should ever be. Handled. I guess the point that I make trying mm-hmm. to make is that. Okay, maybe we don't know for a fact, but like we're pretty certain that every past president has taken documents yes. with them yep. that were classified. Yep. And the government just kind of knows this and doesn't go after them. Maybe they like backdoor it and try to get they, it back. That's what they do. But either way, this has been going on for years. Yes. So I'm essentially proposing that they are trying to shoot the king. Yes, they are. So that's my question. Like, do you think they're going to just full throw? I mean, they've, you know, like the train has left the station. Do you think they're just going to keep going and force it all through? I, I kind of think they are. And that's why I'm asking you what you think the fallout will be. I think the fallout's going to be really bad. That's why I really don't want to think about it. <laughs> I think if they, if, if there's no turning back, there's no turning back from that. Um, I would hope if that's the direction it goes, as I said, like they need to present the goods, like the goods. It needs to be emails and calls and, you know, I mean, I mean, notar. I mean, it would have to be like, that's why I'm saying, like, I just think that this entire thing is a fishing expedition. They're going to try to do it. And I just don't know if they're going to be successful at the end of the day. What like you- to keep them off the ballot. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep them off the ballot. I mean, don't you think that that was their ultimate goal? I mean, because their goal is not to get documents, right? Because 
as we just said, no, every the president. To, the goal is to send him. The goal is to put him in jail. That, that that's what they want. They want the perp walk. They want Trump in handcuffs. They want that image. That's what they want more than anything. They want to see the Trump perp walk. And look, you've got someone in charge of the Department of Justice, and Merrick Garland, who he's got he's got a bone to pick with Trump. He's got a personal grudge against the guy because Donald Trump's the guy that prevented Merrick Garland from being on the Supreme Court. And if you don't think that Merrick Garland is go- cooking up everything in his power to try to take Trump out and try to put Trump behind bars, then I would, I would, I would advise you to rethink what you, what you believe about human nature because this kind of level of, of vindictiveness is, would not be surprising. It would not be out of character for someone who found themselves in incredible amounts of power with an opportunity to take out an enemy. That, and, 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 that's, and that's how it is. And, and look, I'm, we haven't, the other thing that I'm interested in to start seeing is post-September how the polling goes. Like, is this one of the things, <laughs> when, we, when we look back at the Supreme Court and the Dobbs ruling, we've kind of started to see that this has energized a certain segment of the left. Whether that ends up holding true through November and it actually kind of does suppress what the red wave we don't know yet, but we do know that it's it's energized some people on the left. The the issue of abortion. Um, this could be the one hundred percent complete antidote to that enthusiasm on the left. This kind of action by the federal government against President Trump. I mean, this could be something that like, yeah, you you. I mean, let's you might get your perp walk, but you've just ticked off over half the country. People don't like seeing this kind of stuff. It makes us look like a third world country. When you're when when oh, the party in power is trying to arrest the political the, the the essentially the political leader of the opposition party, when you're trying to arrest them on some si- sort of trumped up quote unquote obstruction of justice charge, when you've been working with his lawyers for the past eight twenty months to get this information. That's banana republic stuff, right? That's that's third world stuff. That makes us look stupid. That makes us that makes us question whether the people in charge should be behind bars or not. Like they look more like criminals than Donald Trump does right now because they just look like heavy-handed thugs. I mean, this is straight out of like the Hugo Chavez Venezuela playbook right here. That's what I'm saying. Like when I think about the end game of what they have here, and if they really, if that's what they want, they want the perp walk. I, I, I simply hope that the energy is purely at the polls. That's what I would hope the outcome would be. Um, but the thing that I want to transition to is that see this kind of stuff in this kind of conversation and this kind of speculation is distracting us from the stuff that's going on in our country and five years over five years ago probably five and a half years ago at this point i did something and i've never looked back i deleted my facebook account 
And slowly, over time, I pretty much deleted the rest of my social media. Um, it just... I thought it better to just delete everything and not have... And just find other ways to use my time. Last night... However, with this show we're trying to do, I'm trying to stay on top of the news. We've kind of had to delve back into the world of social media not that you ever left it i certainly left it a lot more than you um but you were on truth social last night yeah so i'm trying to so if you couldn't tell from the podcast max is kind of the brains behind the show and i am the comedy obviously um but i also am in charge of the growth and the marketing so i'm like we need to get on truth social because that's where a lot of the conservative minds are it's where peeps are yeah so i make an account for us which you can find us there i actually got at elephants in the room and i didn't have to do dots and pcast and all the other nonsense i had to do on instagram so you can find us there, though we haven't um, truthed yet. Is that the verb? I don't... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so started going down the rabbit hole and found something that was just... Found, found an account called um, Libs of TikTok, and it's just video... The very famous Libs of TikTok account, the yes. one that got doxxed earlier this year. Yes. So it's just video after video of... It's a lot of like, look at this crazy teacher who's teaching your kids stuff, which makes me terrified for my niece and nephew. Um, but one of them I came across was a video of a licensed counselor and sex therapist advocate for quote unquote MAPS, which stands for minor attracted persons. And I just want to play. I'm sorry. For- what was that? What was that term you just said? MAPS. M-A-P-S. And what does that stand for again? Minor attracted persons. I thought we had a term for that, and that was pedophile. Yes, that is what it's called. But as everything on the left, they are woke washing it. Whatever we want. I to like call- woke washing it. Well, they're woke washing <laughs> like it. Like woke washing. Like sports washing. Woke washing. Yeah. Um, so it's destigmatizing. It's st- there's a stigma around the term pedophile. So as we need there to call should them- be. <laughs> That's right. We need to worry about the mental health of your local pedophile. Oh my goodness. So shall I play the clip or you just play the clip? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna see how this this audio goes. So here we go, folks. her pronouns and I'm a of course she does professional counselor and sex therapist in Erie Pennsylvania and today I want to talk about minor attracted persons and I want to talk about minor attracted persons because they are probably the most vilified population of folks in our culture and most just pausing it for a second as they should be okay carrying on folks are making incorrect assumptions about them without actually knowing much about them. Uh, incorrect assumptions like they're pedophiles? <sighs> and those assumptions create harm for an already marginalized population. You may have noticed that I'm using the term minor attracted persons, sometimes abbreviated to MAPS, instead of the more commonly used term 
pedophile. And I'm doing this. I'd also like to say when in the video, she puts air quotes around pedophile as if that's not a, yeah, that's the word that's not real. Okay. Yeah, that's a quote unquote pedophile. Because the term pedophile has moved from being a diagnostic label to being a judgmental, hurtful insult that we hurl at people in order to harm them or slander them. I also prefer person-first language that recognizes that any label we might apply to a person is only part of who they are and doesn't... At this point, you may be thinking, what is this nonsense? (laughs) I want to stop it right there. How you label someone is only a part of who they are. If you destroy the innocence of children... (laughs) I don't care what you do with the rest of your time. At minimum, you should be put behind bars for life. What, like, what level of open-mindedness is like, okay, I understand that, you know, you have a thing for kids, but like, we also both are, you know, in the same fantasy football league. So, you know, like, I know you're not like a 100% terrible person. No, I think the issue with this woke washing and why this is so alarming is because there's so many on the left who think that not only do we need to, quote unquote, understand people like murderers and pedophiles and yeah. transgenders, but that we need to see them as just another person in our society that should be able to do whatever they want to do. No, pedophiles should not be able to do whatever they want to do. They should only identify that they have a mental health issue and go get it fixed. And they should not be let out until they get it fixed. You know, it's just part of the spectrum of the human experience. Right? That's that's what we're dealing with here. Not when it affects other people. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. They're just so... Like you said, Katie, you hit the nail on the head. They're they're so worried about the feelings about people who do harm to others as if they had, these people had no choice. They had no choice but to harm a child. They had no choice but to carjack someone. They had no choice but to murder someone. So we just need to understand and love them as people. Wrong. 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 There is right and wrong in the world. That's what the left will never, ever, ever admit. There's a right way to do things, and there's a wrong way to do things. There is a shameful way to behave, and there is a correct way to behave. And anyone who has ever lived in a small town, a town where everyone knows each other's business, knows exactly what I'm talking about. Because your family's name is only as good as how you behave out in public. Because everyone knows who you are. Everyone knows what you look like. Everyone knows who you're related to. All right? And in small towns, you don't, you, you, everyone knows that's the town drunk. You know, that's, that's, that's the, uh, the town, the town loose woman over there. You are who you are. Actions speak louder than words. And that's what's just so infuriating about it is that, it's the actions that are put aside. We need to come up with some sort of, you know, Candyland way of treating these people when they shouldn't be treated like people at all. Sorry, if you're a pedophile, I don't believe you should be treated like a person. I believe you should get the crap kicked out of you. 
every day until you just give up. I don't think that that's a controversial opinion. <laughs> right? Where, where we used to live in New Hampshire and where I grew up in New Hampshire, the opioid epidemic is really bad. It's really bad. And, every, you know, everyone not just knows someone, knows multiple people. Um, and so when you drive around, you see um, pretty often a bumper sticker that says, shoot your local heroin dealer. I don't think, I, I, would, I, would, I would like there to be another one of those, and I think it should be shoot your local pedophile. Make the world a better place. Um, that lives a TikTok. That is wild. So Katie's just scrolling through this, and it's just this complete hellscape um, out there. And it's not just, it's not like these just like fringe whack jobs with people with, with the attention-seeking hairstyles and the attention-seeking facial hair and the attention-seeking piercings. You know, like the people who are like, me, 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 look at me, look at me, look at me. Um, it's not just that because we also had Boston Children's Hospital is promoting gender affirming hysterectomies for children. Yep. Children. Yep. Oh, yeah. Young as 15. Young as 15, folks. And as we all know, the person who you are at 15 is the person you will be for the rest of your life. The only difference is in a year you get a driver's license. That's it. That's the only thing that changes. <laughs> this is insane. How could, how could someone consider themselves to be an authority when you allow a 15-year-old without their parents' knowledge or consent to make a... I, I think the wildest one was on this lives of TikTok, which, like, don't go down the rabbit hole unless you're like mentally prepared for don't it. Don't go down the rabbit hole. Is that there was a Pennsylvania hospital that made an ad, an advertisement with a doctor advertising that they will give your child hormone therapy so they can transition. Yep. That's just unacceptable. Like they shouldn't have a medical license anymore. No, they should not. No, they should not. And um, I've had this story here. You can. A real newspaper. Good. Good radio here for you. This is from the Epic Times last week. Um, this is CDC points people to transgenderism, teen sex websites. Um, so this is our federal government that's obviously pushing this stuff too. Uh, one of the links listed by the CDC is the web space QChat space, which is designed to be hidden. A green banner across the bottom of the site reads, click tap here for a quick escape. It hosts live chats for 13 to 19-year-olds that are facilitated by experienced staff who worked in LGBTQ plus centers around the United States. What kind of subjects do you think they chat about here? Uh, sex change surgeries, transgender and non-binary sex at night, an introduction to drag culture. This is 13 to 19-year-olds. Right. Uh, a chat on having multiple genders. There you go. As well as, I'm not going to read that sentence, but... Uh, We'll just say it's a, I think in the Bible they call both of those things sodomy. Uh, other chats discuss binge drinking and how teens can drink safely, 13 to 19. Um, 
Many chats promote astrology, tarot cards, and other occult ideas. <laughs> Self-discovery in astrology, queering tarot, and vibes plus auras. Your government at work, folks. That's the CDC. They're but the same actually, people who tell you to wear a mask. Actually, when are they going to allow us to check off where we want our tax dollars to go and where we don't? Like, I don't want my money funding that. And I should be able to tell you where my funds are it's going. It's going to happen around the same maybe time where we get how, a la carte television. Maybe that's how we start defunding things that shouldn't be there. Every time you file your taxes, you choose where it goes. And you know what? CDC, if y'all don't get enough votes, you're out. No more CDC. There's a movie about this. <laughs> like, obviously can't be the first person to think of this. Right, yeah. It's a movie with uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal and Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell plays his IRS collector, IRS agent. And anyways, she does this. She's like, and of course, she's like a whack job liberal because it's Hollywood. So she's like, yeah, I didn't pay the portion that funds like the Pentagon because they kill children and whatnot. And he's like, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. You have to pay your taxes. Um, and they have like a, a romance and it's, it's not a really great movie. Um, it's actually pretty terrible, but however, unfortunately I watched it, but there you go. That does actually take place. And that's why the only thing that I remember, I was like, that's a brilliant idea. I don't want to, I don't want to give my money to, to like department of education. education. Goodbye. Department of education does not need it. Um, all right, moving on just a couple minutes left here. Uh, another edition of why Corinne Jean-Pierre is the greatest press secretary ever. She oh was making the rounds this morning on the Sunday shows that hopefully none of you watched. And um, neither did I. Uh, but I caught this blurb. Uh, she was, uh, John Carl was uh, filling in, I guess, this week for uh, George Stephanopoulos. And John Carl noted that the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office reviewed the Inflation Reduction Act and found that its immediate impact on inflation will be negligible, as it could take years before the bill reduces inflation. Isn't it almost Orwellian, Carl asked? How can you call it the Inflation Reduction Act when the nonpartisan ex experts say it's not going to bring inflation down? I appreciate the question, she answered. We actually addressed this with the CBO. The top line number, there's more in there that shows that it will have the money. It's making sure that billionaires in corporate America are paying their fair share. That's not true. Making sure that the tax code is a little bit more fair. So when you do that, when you put it in its totality, you will see it'll bring down the deficit, which will help fight inflation. What? We need like a clown world sound or something. Well, you know what the funny thing is, is that the funny thing is, is that well, she said this, but she inadvertently admitted that all of the massive spending that they did is the cause of inflation in the last line. You will see it'll bring down the deficit, which will help fight inflation. So you mean <laughs> the spending that you've done caused this entire problem and now you want to spend more. And now your answer is to send is to double the size of the IRS and send them and send them after people who make over $600 on their side hustle. That's your answer. Your answer to fight inflation is to bring down the deficit by doubling the size of the IRS and targeting lower and middle class Americans Fantastic. because of a problem that you just admitted you caused. Great. Fantastic. Fantastic. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that great? What a wonderful, caring people. Um, I just gotta, I, I just have to read, I just, I just have to read this because this is just so stupid. 
Atlantic contributor, contributor Daniel Panetton declared that the Catholic Rosary has become a symbol of religious radicalism. Just as the AR-15 rifle has become a sacred object for Christian nationalists in general, the Rosary has acquired a militaristic meaning for radical traditionalist Catholics. On this extremist fringe, rosary beads have been woven into conspiratorial politics and absolutist gun culture. These armed radical traditionalists have taken up a spiritual notion that the rosary can be a weapon in the fight against evil and turned into something dangerously literal. So I just love reading stories like this because this this is a liberal who's knowledge of the world is so finite (laughs) that he's stunned. I assume it's a he. I don't want to misgender them. Maybe I'm dead. I could be dead naming them by now. Maybe they became a they them overnight. But this is one of the things that this is a great thing about journalists. And this is just one of the things that exposes what 95% of the media are like, is that they do not understand the world outside of Brooklyn, New York, and Washington, D.C. Yep. Anything outside of what they encounter in those two spaces, they're like, am I on a different planet? I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Shockingly, there is an idea out there among people who believe in God that prayer will help us. It might not get us what we want, but it might get us what we need. But there's no harm in praying. I love praying. I like praying the rosary. The rosary is nice. It doesn't take that long to do. But anyways, now it's, that's a, it's, a symbol, it's a symbol of radicalism. Right? I mean, who are, who are these people? This is like the Obama. These are the bitter people that cling to their guns and religion. This writer's just bringing it back. I can't believe it. How could someone how could someone pray? How could someone pray? They're doing something I don't understand. I love it. I love it. I love just highlighting ignorant liberals and especially ignorant journalists. I mean, not that that person's a journalist. They just get paid to write crap. Um I got to end it on I ha, okay, we're ending it on this story. Because speaking of something that's not for everyone, like the Atlantic magazine, something that's not for anyone. <laughs> no one reads it. <laughs> Bankrupt. Um, the headline of this, I'm just going to call not exactly the McRib. Okay. Uh, Sonic Drive-In has a, a, um, a brought back its pickle juice slushy. Ew. For a limited time due to customer demand. No. Mm-mm. No. The fluorescent green beverage, this is oh. from Fox Business, the fluorescent green beverage combines the saltiness of a dill pickle with sweet and tart flavors. Ugh. Our pickle-obsessed guests have been patiently waiting for their return, and we're very excited to offer them once, for, once again for a limited time. It's, I mean, it, it. No. No. They will also bring back its big dill cheeseburger and a side of pickle fries to go along with the slush. <sighs> I think I got the big dill cheeseburger last year on a road trip. It was good. I did not get the pickle slush. The pickle slush, it looks like if you it, it looks it looks like 
like what I imagine glowing nuclear waste to look like. Like if you've ever seen in a cartoon glowing yellow neon nuclear waste, this is that is 100% the color of this slush. It, it looks like you're drinking nuclear waste. And I don't want to pass judgment on it without trying it, but I can safely assume... I've already passed judgment. I can safely assume it probably tastes like nuclear waste. <laughs> um. Is there anything that you would like a chain to bring back? Um, I'm not really a chain person. Not a fast food person. No. I know. That's why I asked it. Got you to <laughs> squirm a little. Um, no. There are things I would like them to offer, but... More salads? Um... Yeah, like a chicken Caesar wrap. Like, I get it. You're not going to serve salad. And honestly, the salads they attempt to give you are never, never good. So if I'm out on a road trip, my guilty food, pleasure food, is a chicken Caesar wrap, which I know for some of you is your health health food. <laughs> but for me, it's my <laughs> guilty pleasure bad for you food. So that'd be great if they could bring that back. I don't know if they ever had it, but. Yeah, so my go-to on this is generally I would like I'd like surge back, yeah, and so, like a diet surge too, yeah, as as a soda, I'd like to I'd like to see that come back. Um, I know they brought back like the rodeo or cowboy whopper a little bit. That was always a hit growing up with the barbecue sauce and the onion rings on the burger. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's a good one. It was a good one. Um, I would I would think stuff stuff like that. That I, I, you know, like those kinds of, there used to be um, like little cinnamon rolls in the morning. They might still have them at Burger King. I don't know, but those were pretty good too. Those, those were, those were really good. Um, I don't know if there's anything McDonald's or Wendy's related, but yeah, I'd really like to see Surge come back. All right. There you which go. Which also, folks. which also, by the way, looks exactly like the dill pickle slushy. <laughs> but Surge exists as a product. You just want the fast food companies to bring it back, or it's a dead product? No, it's a dead. It's a dead now. Isn't it just like Mountain Dew? It's not. How like is Mountain it different Dew. from Mountain Dew? It's not like Mountain Dew. Surge, Surge soda is back. Ta da! Look, is we solved his greatest wish. I am the genie. What other wishes would you like? Hmm. Okay, maybe we will do a taste testing on our next episode. We will see. Oh, experience limited availability. Oh, classic. All right. I think that's it for for today, folks. Until Tuesday. See y'all.